Hey everybody, what's up? It's Chase. Welcome to another episode of the show. Very happy to be in your ears. Uh, I will be your host, your guide, and your friend along our conversation today. And my guest is Mr. John Jant. You may know his handle on the internet or uh, his very successful series of book one in particular called Duct Tape Marketing. Um, I like John. Super gritty guy and is a, an entrepreneur. He's built a living and a life for himself. He's an author, speaker, speaks all over the place. And he's a creative lab instructor. I met John a long time ago. I think maybe it was like Startup Week in San Francisco around his first book that I really dug into, which is Duct Tape Marketing. Um, and today we're talking with John about a completely new book that he's got, which uh, is a really, really interesting approach to entrepreneurship. Uh, it's called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur is the name of the book. And here, here's how it's different. 366 meditations. That's right, a daily meditation. Because I'm a big fan of daily habits, uh, I like folks like Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic. Um, I have a set of, of daily behaviors that I track. And so this book fit right into my lifestyle. And The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur is packed with wisdom. We also cover how holding on to your own beliefs is a radically important, critical, if you will, skill and it's way, way more important rather than following the trends, if you will. Uh, we also talk about how the essence of success is gained through your experience. Not the, uh, the of course, reading about experiences and listening to podcasts such as this to get your wisdom is critical. But you know that thing that you hated, that failure that you did rather publicly and that success that was on the verge of becoming great and then turned south? It turns out that all that kind of stuff, that's where the best stuff is. Um, we also talk about how observing nature provides an amazing insight into examples of how we ought to live, conduct ourselves, and take cues in how to be successful in our life. You're going to like our conversation. We get into all of the nitty gritty, and I can't wait to take you there. Please listen in as uh, I, I get together with my dear friend, John Jans. Now, here we go. Normally, this is where I drop a sponsor message, but hey, there's no sponsor message today because I did want to put something different in its place. And the different thing is this. This is an ask for you to pick up a copy of my new book, Creative Calling. If you have ever received any value from anything I've ever done or Creative Live, this podcast is free. Billions and billions of minutes of video on Creative Live are free. Buying the book today is not about lining my pocket or, or my publisher. This is everything to me about understanding and moving the idea that creativity is inside of every one of us. It's one of the things that differentiates us from every other species, and it is the master lever that helps us understand that through creating in small ways every day that we can create the life that we want for ourselves. So to me, this is a big vision, and it's not going to come, it's not going to come to fruition without you um, giving the book away or recommending it. And so this is a humble ask that you share this world that we've created together in this community with other folks in your community. And whether that's sharing it on social or in your email newsletters or whatever, I will amplify the heck out of that. If I see you posting about it, I will tweet and retweet and regram and put it in my stories and all that stuff. So A, thank you for anything that you can do around that world. And B, Again, this is a movement, and the way that movements happen is through human-to-human -human connection and contact around this particular thing. So whatever you can do to share the book with your community in a one-on-one -on -one or one-to-many would mean the world to me. And thank you very much. Again, 
couldn't do it without you. I appreciate you in, in support of the book. So thank you very much. And now back to the show. John, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and pumped to talk about uh, the self-reliant entrepreneur. Yeah, congratulations. Um, having just come out of the woods on my book, I'm, I'm like flocking to my author friends and asking, how's it going, man? Are you okay? Is it crushing? Are you, what, what can I do to help? It's um, obviously we go, we go way back um, early Creative Live days. Do you remember when you did your Creative Live class? It had to be, gosh, like five years ago. Oh yeah, every every bit of that. Uh, yeah, every bit of that, and uh, it was uh, so much fun. It was exhausting, but I had a blast. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think you did three days, right? I did. Yeah, eighteen hours of class over <laughs> over three days. And you know, uh, obviously, your your other folks, you know, have have mentioned this have been on, but it, it's it's actually more exhausting doing live TV. <laughs> you know, because you oh, you just don't sure. ever get that moment. To, you know, I'm just gonna go sit over here for a while and chill. You know, it's <laughs> like you're on. <laughs> put my put my feet up. Um, so, author of Duct Tape Marketing, um, and that was the same title of the Creative Live class. Um, yeah. Been following you for years. I love your gritty, no BS advice for creators and entrepreneurs. And this current book is a little bit different. Yeah, I, 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 it's definitely different in tone. I mean, I guess we have to set it up. It is a 366, you know, you get a page every day with um, hopefully an inspirational uh, thought. I've dug into some past literature that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but then you get some some context from me on my 30 years of being an entrepreneur. And then I leave you with a question every day that, that hopefully – um, somebody said those questions hurt. I don't really want them to hurt. I want them to actually think. Um, and so, um, so, so certainly the format is completely different. I do, I dive into a lot of you know why we're doing this and you know how you stay up and and in the game. You know even when stuff's trying to knock you down and um, and and so obviously that's not marketing per se. But I, I guess it's, I've worked with small business owners so much that. You can't do marketing with small business owners without getting into their life, <laughs> and so I think that that I've you know over the last twenty years or so on my own sort of journey to uh, self expression, I, I, I've learned a lot from all of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with as well. Well, the self reliant entrepreneur is the format to me is powerful. This daily exercise, I'm a huge advocate of habits, and basically habits yeah. underpin underpin what we're actually doing with our life. We might have something different in our brain than what we're actually doing um, from our with our day to day. And to me, it's in that gap where most people's uh, the gap between what they aspire to do and what they're actually doing. That's where you can find all of the uh, the broken dreams and the uh, the carcasses of of uh, past tries. And so I'm a huge, huge advocate of the daily uh, daily habit. Um, 366 entries, one for each day of the year. And what I was moved by is your choice of – it's for those of you who haven't picked up the book yet, first of all, I'd encourage you to. It is an amazing lens through which to look at daily habits and your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, but it's, it's also it's one part inspiration, one part kick in the ass. And the inspirational part is um, each daily reading uh, from the likes of uh, 
Emerson, um, Walt Whitman, uh, Louisa May Alcott, some of the the best uh, writers uh, and creators of our time, or even a time before where we are today. And what I'm, it's a new term for me that uh, that you put through the um, that you you the lens that you uh, chose these particular writers transcendentalist. So if every day we're getting something from a transcendentalist to inspire us, and then you're setting us out into the world to kick our ass and challenge us, why transcendentalism? And how did you make the choices of inspiration that you chose? You bet. So so that that term transcendentalist was actually a label that was applied to this group of folks that were seen as rabble rousers. <laughs> and it was a, it was kind of America's first counterculture period. If you think about this is this mid 19th century, 1840 to 1860 or so. If you think about what was going on in America at, at that moment, we were on the cusp of the Civil War. Uh, women were marching in the streets to get the right to vote. We were trying to abolish slavery. And so there was the first sort of uprising of folks writing about and preaching about this idea that, hey, you don't have to listen to, you know, the politicians or the preacher or your parents even, you know, you need to follow your own dream. And what's interesting is even in that time period, folks that, you know, certainly didn't call themselves transcendentalists, the the fiction uh, of that uh, period. Uh, you think about Moby Dick and Scarlet Letter and uh, Little Women that we were all asked, you know, books we were all asked to read in high school and college. That was the first time when protagonists were showing up in fiction as being these rebel rousers too, like I've got to follow my own dream. So I, I personally think because of what was going on in that time period, it produced some of what is still today the best entrepreneurial writing <laughs> that ever did and ever will exist. Yeah. And I mean, obviously those are from the classics and wildly inspirational, but I'm also struck by how practical that part of um, our history was, our culture. Uh, And in a weird way, it seems like we're coming back to this time where to, you know, to go back to the title of the book, Self-Reliant, you know, one of the things that I think both of us have learned, uh, we've talked about this in previous conversations before about how we have this inner compass, this intuition and, and how important it is to stick to your own beliefs, especially not, not sort of when only when things get, get tough, but in like, because things are getting tough, that's when, especially we listen to your inner, that inner compass. So was that a, is that a intentionally was it because what did you draw from the transcendentalist, um, writings because that was a key attribute or is that just uh, the luck of the draw? Well, I, I wanted to, I wanted to write this book, but I wanted an underpinning, you know, for it. And a lot of entrepreneurs are familiar with, as you said, Thoreau and Emerson. I mean, you can find Pinterest boards, you know, with, with quotes and things of that. And, yeah. Dedicated to them. So, so I, I've always, I mean, I started my business, you know, 25 years ago, and like all good marketers, I had T-shirts, you know, for my business, right? And and I had a, a quote on the back of that from Emerson that said, "There there is no object so foul that intense light will not make beautiful. 25 years ago, you know, that spoke to me. And and I think I've just always kind of followed that. And and in, in you know, in trying to find something to underpin this book, I, I went there and what I discovered was this treasure trove of literature female uh, authors that, you know, many people have never heard of because a lot of their works were, were just buried and not, you know, not really given the light of day. We're writing about things that 
again, I think, you know, are so, so relevant today. Yeah. And there's just, there's an, a, there's like a seemingly a self-awareness uh, of that period, which again, I, it, it can be said that all things, you know, move in cycles. Uh, certainly that's the yep. reason we study history, but there seemed to me to be an awareness of possibility of opportunity of, um, that, uh, that hasn't been, I don't know, part of the landscape until recently, but that was still very, very prescient and, and tied to that era. So if, if self-awareness is, and, and I just reminded myself of something I want, speaking of self-awareness, as I'm thumbing through the book here, there's a, um, there's a, there are a handful of passages around uh, on self-awareness, but I also, I would love for you to read a passage and I thought maybe we could do today. I don't know if that's, sure. if that's uh, too risky, but um, sorry to, to keep pulling on this thread about self-awareness. Um, what role does self-awareness play in pursuing our dreams? I feel like this is a, a, a sort of a secret that the people who are the most successful and most fulfilled. No, but it seems elusive for so many of us. Yeah, I, th- I think it's absolutely critical. I, I would, I would even call it. I would go a step farther and call it not just self awareness, but self trust. Mm. Um, I think that that the entrepreneurs that that really succeed, I think, end up coming to this point where you know they're confident being scared and wrong and, you know, excited, you know, simultaneously. Um, but, but they've kind of given up, like other people don't control them. I mean, that's the problem with not being self-aware is we don't realize how controlled we are by others thoughts or by others words or by somebody else's success that we, you know, that we see and we're, we're jealous of. And the other part of, of, you know, this self-trust is that there really are only so many things we can control. <laughs> and, and I think that people that, that really have great self-awareness realize that, you know, how they show up, who they're being, how they respond to what goes on is really all we can control. And so why are we stressed out, you know, daily about all the other stuff that we have no control over? It seems, yeah, it's like <laughs> painfully obvious when you, you know, you talk about it in the, in the way that you just did. And yet it's so hard to yeah. bring that into our day to day, this monkey mind that we have. So are there some particular passages or is there a particular lens through which you, um, you person, let's maybe par- park the book for a second and let's go to you, John, the human, like what, what are some tools that you use for self-awareness and, and, um, how did you develop that muscle? Sure. So, so it's a work in progress. I think. That's, that's you self-trust. I think you're right. Your, uh, your, your reapplication of that as opposed to awareness is, is probably stronger. So let's, yeah. how did you come to trust yourself? Well, I think, 
I think the first step is witnessing, you know, being present enough to know that when you're actually doing something and it's serving you or not serving you, that's, that's the tough thing. I mean, we spend 90% of our life just reacting to, you know, what happens. And, you know, a lot of it's played through the lens of what happened last time. So it's going to happen again that way. <laughs> and so I think the first step and why I think this kind of workbook daily practice approach is so practical is that you don't read a book like this and go, okay, I got that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, check that off the list. It's, I read a question that maybe like kind of makes me tinge a little and makes me go, well, I don't really know the answer to that. And then you some subconsciously carry that into the day and it starts showing up and, and, and you start witnessing how it's showing up. And I think that's the first stage. Um, so, you know, it, it, I, this is probably not something listeners want to hear, but I just think it's a long, you know, consistent journey, uh, to, you know, this level of self-trust. And the first step is, is to really just start recognizing, you know, where it is and where, where, where it's not right now. Yeah. It's God, I know. And, it's weird that nobody wants to hear the hard feedback. And for those people listening right now, yeah. like there really is no shortcut. I think the tips and tricks and hacks, and I think largely productivity is sort of a bullshit uh, framework that we've created in order to, um, to sell shortcuts. And all of the people that have actually, um, I think, found sustained success and I, I keep trying to pair success with fulfillment because success with, without it is could be you'd be hard pressed to call that success. Um, but they they know that the work is required, and they try and find this a way to be joyful in that work and be consistent and to be. Um, I guess that's where the self reliant part comes in. Like this is you, you have to enjoy and find value and experience and joy and love in the process. Cause if you don't, there's, it's really unlikely that you're going to continue. So how has that played a role for you personally in your 25 years? Um, yeah. What, what role did that play for you? Well, let me, you know, um, I think this would be a good place for me to, to, I start the book off with, um, a, a reading from uh, Thoreau's Walden. Um, and I think this will frame exactly what we're talking about right now. So it's pretty short. Great. Why should we be in such desperate haste to succeed and in such desperate enterprises? If a person does not keep pace with their companions, perhaps it is because they hear a different drummer. Let them step to the music which they hear, however measured or far away. It is not important that you should mature as soon as an apple tree or an oak. Shall you turn your spring into summer? Bam. So that's January 1st. <laughs> so that's, that's where you start with um, uh, in the book. But I, to me, you know, this this comparison and this, you know, how many people are in, in, you know, pursuing something because they saw it as a good opportunity, but it's not anything that they enjoy. I mean, it, there's so many things we could go on and on about examples. And I think that when people finally kind of release that and, and kind of give into um, finding, you know, what does bring them joy mm-hmm. – uh, and I know it's it's really cliche a lot of times to say, well, you know, you do what you love and, you know, the money will follow. <laughs> but I think what what the transcendentalists and a lot of the authors uh, that, that I you know cite in this would actually say, go out and experience life. You know, don't have any preconceived notions about what you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do because somebody else told you. Purpose will show up when you're out mastering your craft. It's amazing. I think that life is life is like the raw material that makes everything possible. 
And again, when I through Creative Live, and I remember also speaking with you about this topic uh, when I was on your podcast some time ago. Yeah. The when you're out out there chasing somebody else's dreams, it's very hard to get motivated and to compete because it is competitive. But it's very hard to to do the things that are required to make anything a success. And there's this obsession with market opportunities and with, um, you know, whatever's trendy and all the best stuff in my life has been, I've at least started it at a time where it was so far off trend. It was laughable. Like when people are looking at you like you're crazy, but there's this, some crazy advantage that you have by actually being able to listen to what moves you. And it's not just passion. I think that was, you know, when you mentioned cliche, I think that's the, that's the the easy sort of um, Pollyanna thing that happens in our culture, but there's something to finding what you truly actually want to be doing with this one precious life. Do you have any advice for people for finding that? I mean, it's, it's, you, you do such a nice job of drawing out through the, um, through these inspirational writings of the, the transcendentalists. But what about John, the 25 year marketer and, you know, author of several books and badass entrepreneur in his own right? How do you do that for yourself? So um, the disclaimer is anything I say now is through the lens of hindsight, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, I didn't wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to go out and just, have adventure and I'm going to be curious about how things work and I'm going to get into stuff, you know, that, that looks interesting, but that's, you know, ultimately what I did. And I think that that's pretty simplistic, but I think it's the best advice for anybody. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really encouraged by this generation coming up, uh, that, you know, that kind of seems to have that mindset. It's like, no, I want to have, you know, I want to have a portfolio career, you know, I want to do a bunch of different stuff. I mean, it's, I think it's almost, um, I think it's almost crazy that the kids that are 18 years old go off to college and they're supposed to pick a degree and what they're going to be, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, because, because I don't think I decided what I was going to be till I was about 30. Um, and I think that, that, you know, making sure that you are intentionally putting yourself into things that make you uncomfortable, that are new, that help you change, help you grow. I think that's how your purpose or your passion or whatever it is we want to call it finds you. Yeah, if you go back to that reading that you just did for us, like I'm reminiscing now of a conversation we had in the green room in San, at the San Francisco Creative Live again, whatever five six years ago um, when you did your your class. And part of what was so amazing about it was that it's your, the duct tape marketing uh, book and class was so actionable, so tactical, right? It's about like practicality with social media and about, um, like creating content and what kind of content. And it was just, it was so, um, hands-on and, and how to be present on the web. And like part of what I was crazily inspired by, not just in hearing you read that intro, from January one, but this book is clearly, um, it's clearly more spiritual. There's a depth there because it's also very tactical. That's the part where I said earlier, there's one part inspiration, one part kick you in the ass. Um, 
but why the shift? I mean, clearly duct tape marketing served you really well. It was a, you know, a practical, I'm looking at the cover right now, the world's most practical small business marketing guide. So if practicality was so effective for your previous book, this has sort of both ends of the spectrum. There's this very high intellectual, um, inspirational component to it. And why pair that with the practical? I think that, um, I think that as much as I've spent, you know, years showing people how to do things, um, I feel like the missing ingredient sometimes is why to do things. And, and so if I could, you know, have any degree of success pairing those things, suggesting that, you know, working on you is working on your business, um, then I think it could be an important addition to, you know, not only telling you know, people, the tactical thing, but, but maybe creating a mindset shift that's going to actually allow them to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so this is going to, I want to, of course, keep talking about the self-reliant entrepreneur, but I'm having just come out of bookland myself. I can't help, (laughs) but, but want to know a little bit about your journey writing the book. Like what was your, um, what was your approach? What was your, you know, how did you craft the, um, what was your daily habit? You know, how long did it take you? What were some of the, because again, we're talking about being a self-reliant entrepreneur and clearly you've just come through a very entrepreneurial journey of writing a book. And, you know, this is a little bit meta and self-reflexive here, but what were some of your um, methodologies and how did you get through it when you needed to rely on yourself and there wasn't anybody else there at five in the morning or midnight when you were writing. Give me a little bit of insight into the journey that you took on the book. Yeah. So, so a couple of statistics, the, the book comes in right at a hundred thousand words. So it is about 30% longer than any of my other books. So let's start there. Uh, I, you know, I didn't realize when I committed to writing a page a day, you know, that, that meant it was going to start at 366 pages and go up from there. But, um, the, the probably the hardest thing in getting started, like a lot of these things, I had the idea, I knew the literature I wanted to mine, and I just started reading like crazy. And I realized well, I have to have an organizational structure for this thing, or I'm just going to be poking, you know, at, at what's out there. So I wrote a blog post about four years ago. This may actually have been the, the start of, <laughs> of this book, but about four years ago about the seasons and the cycles and the stages of being an entrepreneur, because I think that there is a great sort of metaphor, you know, to the spring, summer, fall, you know, winter um, type of, of thought um, in this, in kind of the stages of growth that we go through. And it's, it's a never ending cycle, just like, you know, the seasons are, but I think if you've got a new product, you've got a new idea, you started a new company, there's kind of this, this, this group of stages that you go through. So, I actually decided to to put the book, you know, it's a, it's an annual book, so the the season metaphor made perfect sense. So I organized the 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 kind of the narrative arc around these seasons and then I gave each month a theme and you'll see at the bottom of every page uh, in the book it shows, you know, what what the theme is for that particular season or that particular month. And what that did is that that organizational structure actually allowed me then instead of just reading stuff and going, oh, that sounds good. I'll put that in the book. It, it allowed me to actually go hunting for, you know, ideas that supported trust or that supported creativity or that supported 
uh, congruence or security. And with that structure, you know, I actually literally created this giant spreadsheet, you know, for, you know, all the entries that, that I found that I wanted to include, I, obviously about 25 or 30% of them didn't make it in the book uh, because I had more, but, but that, that structure gave me a narrative arc to the whole book, gave me an organizational structure. And really from there, um, everything came together in terms of, of how I wanted to write it. And then I, I, I just went through chronological. I just started writing, okay, January 1st, better write something. Um, and went all the way through, you know, with the, them, the thematic structure, um, but but kind of chronologically went through and, and wrote. It, it took me six months of really hard writing. <laughs> um, it turns out, Chase, it's actually harder to write short entries than it is to blab on for five thousand yeah, words. Uh, who was that? Was it uh, Whitman? Sorry, my letter is so long. If I had more time, it would have been shorter. Or something. Who? Somebody. Somebody smarter than I, 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 I think. I think it's Mark. I think it's Mark Twain. Is who I. Is who I, I think I, you're that's right. who I associate. That you're with. right. You're right. But, um, so I mean, I. I I don't know about your writing style, but I mean, I, you know, I, some of my other books, I could bang out 10,000 words in a weekend. You know, if I got rolling on a topic that I, you know, I essentially was just saying, well, here's what I did. You should try it. <laughs> you know, I could write 10,000 words on that. I, I, it was a good day if I could write six or seven entries. Um, it was just so exhausting to try to think that, you know, I have to understand this literature enough to contextualize it enough to have maybe one like quotable you know, yeah. thought in a page and then, and then come up with a question that wasn't just like a, you know, throw in. I mean, it, it was meant to be as tough as any part of it. Um, so th- this was by far and away the hardest uh, book I've ever written. Wow. And it's, it seems like, um, well, that's to me this next level of the if duct tape marketing again what i remember about it and what i was so impressed by is it's just sort of relentlessly tactical and anytime you sort of are operating in both ends of the spectrum the sort of the metaphysical the theoretical the conceptual and that tactical there's obviously another layer of work in there and did you set out yeah. to write a uh, a more spiritual or is that just the why coming back into it? Is that just in its own nature, a more sort of spiritual or um, uh, just, it seems like it has a, it's wraps its arms around something much larger. This book. It, it, it does. And, and the, the transcendentalists, one of the elements of the transcendentalists is they were very noted for bringing in some of the kind of the first people to start talking about it in America, some of the Eastern wisdom traditions. So you, you know, you had Thoreau talking about solitude and, and journaling and walking and meditation. Um, you had Emerson talking about the connectedness of all of us as human beings. You know, we're all unique, but we're all connected. You know, those are very spiritual, um, I, I think, pretty common today, um, you know, spiritual ideas. Uh, they happen to jive very, very nicely with, with my own beliefs. Um, and so, you know, buyer beware. A lot of there's. I tried not to be preachy, but but certainly this book reflects what I believe. Speaking of what you believe, is this? Did you have a, a lens through which you looked at the timing of this? Because I know uh, I'm militant about my mornings as as an entrepreneur and as a creator. Yeah. I think that's when I'm personally at my best. Um, we're recording this, you know, late morning, uh, and it's not an accident. Like I just spent the previous three hours really focused on like the things that I, they're the biggest rocks in my uh, professional life right now that I need to move. And I spent the, an hour before that 
on a personal sort of mission. I exercised, I did my cold plunge, I meditated and visualized and did all these things. So as a daily practice, when do you, do you have a prescription with when, when people should, uh, to, should sort of take on this, um, this prescription that you've given us? Yeah. I, you know, what you just described, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, two minutes of reflecting on something that hopefully is inspirational to you as, as you go tackle the day gives you a centering question maybe to think about and carry with you. I mean, those fit very nicely into a morning routine. And I, and I think people that have established that, you know, are, are generally speaking, always trying to refine it. You know, can I make it a little better? Can I make it more impactful? Because I think they see the value. I, I do very similar to what you just described. I meditate every morning. I exercise as much as I can. I always try to read uh, something that is going to be inspirational because I know I'm going to encounter stuff that's not right. you know, throughout the right. day. Um, and so I want to start there. And, and, and it physically makes me um, feel so much better. I, I spend about half of my... Um, life out in Colorado in the mountains. Um, and, you know, going out, I, I tell people all the time, you know, and, and nature shows up in this book a lot because it did, uh, you know, for folks like Thoreau. I mean, a big part of uh, what I do when I'm out there is I go sit under a tree. Um, and and there, apparently there's even a term for it. It's called forest bathing. Um, wow. and, and it's, it's amazing though, the physiological change that I feel, you know, from doing that. And, and whatever time I spend in my morning routine, I get back three times, you know, in terms of, of getting stuff done and feeling good about it. What's the hardest part of the entrepreneur's journey and all the readings that you've done, your basically life as an entrepreneur, um, where, where do you find in your own experience empirically and others, the biggest stumbling blocks? I think that it, this is probably going to sound like two things, but they're so connected. Um, the 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 first is shutting out all the noise that is draining, you know, your focus on what it is you know you need to do. But then the second one is being willing to say, you know what, that isn't the path I need to go anymore. I need to change. Um, and I think a lot of us are really kind of loathe to change, not because something's not working, but because other people have already see us through that lens of, you know, that's what you do. That's who you are. Um, you know, I, I, I was on a podcast recently with a, a woman who's just doing amazing things in leadership. And then she was an attorney because she was supposed to be an attorney and she became an attorney. And then once she got into it, she realized she hated it. <laughs> um, but she stuck with it for years because that was her you know, that was her thing. That's who she was. Um, and, and then when she finally kind of broke out of that and made the change, you know, she had a lot of hostility, you know, from people, obviously other attorneys, her family, and, and it, she had to really overcome that. And I think that's what stops a lot of us from doing the thing that we know that we were meant to do is because there are people telling us who we are and there are people telling us, you know, who we're not. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. All the, uh, the inputs that we have to weed through. And these are people that, yeah. that, that claim to have our interest, our best interests in mind. And I think they often believe that they do. And yet we've come to find out, you know, after a, a life of sort of fielding these inputs that 
gosh, only a very small handful were actually valuable. And how do we, especially as a young person or a person, as you said, you know, you didn't really figure out what you were supposed to be doing until you were in your thirties, like in that period between, you know, uh, when we develop our autonomous self and turning 30, we get nothing but input from everybody else telling us what we're supposed to be doing and how we should do it and where and why. And, um, it's just a, it's fascinating culturally to me that we don't have a better, um, resource. And, and it just, I guess, transparently, that's part of what I love about the soulfulness of this particular book that you've done, John, is that there's, it sort of crafts, a um, without being overly pushy, it crafts this, uh, a set of narratives or, um, maybe it's an underpinning of spiritual support of like, well, that's probably again, where the title keeps coming from. Uh, I'm just going to then ask the question, is that why you derived, <laughs> was it a, a, a derivative? Did you do all this work and then come up with the title or did you have the title of, of a self-reliant entrepreneur before you started, which, which came first? I'm just putting words in your mouth here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I had the title first, but but it was mainly because I knew that Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance, was going to be, you know, probably the most quoted source um, in the book. And I, I haven't done the, I haven't counted everything, but I suspect it probably is. Um, and, and so, you know, there was a little bit of practicality in that. I mean, that's, that's probably the most recognizable, you know, short of like Walden or civil disobedience. Um, that's probably the most recognizable piece from that era. And, and so it, you know, I think it gave me a great starting point because there was so much recognition of that essay. Mm. I loved hearing January one and it's now October 22nd. It's book launch day for you. So again, from, one author to another, knowing what book launch day and week and month felt like. Congratulations. Um, but I'm also wondering if you would, uh, just to get us into the book and help people understand not just the the inspirational part, but the ass-kicking part, um, can we do uh, together, can we do October 22nd? Yes, we can. And I, it's kind of funny. I didn't plan it this way, but this is probably one of the shortest <laughs> entries in the entire book. People will find that there are some where they get there and it's like, I don't have much to say about this. It's pretty evident. Um, but uh, so it starts with every day gets a title. Then the reading from uh, uh, the author This in this particular case uh, turns out to be Mark Twain. Um, and then however many words from me and then uh, your challenge questions. So October 22nd, Little Corner. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of people and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one's little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. That's from Mark Twain, wow. Innocence Abroad, 1869. 1869. <laughs> My God, to think of how hard it was to travel in 1869 relative to today. But this also goes back so relevantly to like that life is the raw material of the entrepreneur. That is the only way you really actually get in touch with what you're supposed to be doing. You can't, or whether it's, you know, going out into the world, you can't actually just think your way to what you're supposed to be doing. It's it's literally action. And I think that's part of what Twain says. So let's hear your words in response to that. And then our challenge. Twain's words are as truthful today as they were in the 19th century, perhaps more so. 
Moving outside one's little corner of the earth provides two divergent possibilities, growth or misery. Seek the one that works for you. You don't explore to run from yourself. You do it to find yourself. Wow. Lasers. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that first thing in the morning. No, that is, that would be an amazing way to start every day. We, we have a mutual friend in Ryan holiday and, uh, his daily stoic, um, email is something I've really enjoyed. And these like knowing that, that your book is or arranged in such a way that I could pick this up and do that in two minutes, um, is powerful. Why don't you share the challenge question with us from that? What is something beautiful you see every day? Where else could you find that? You had to come up with 366 of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and some days were easier, uh, some days were harder. Now, uh, that's such a beautiful question uh, about about beauty. I think, you know, yeah. with the, the um, I'm going to go back to daily habits here for a second. And like, is it, is it your vision that this can be done in, in inside of five minutes every day? I really think it could. I, I, I suspect that, you know, cause I know when I read the questions, um, I sometimes go, that's not going to be easy to answer. I'm going to have to think about that for a while. Um, my publisher actually allowed me to put a couple lines at the, uh, under the question. So you do have the ability maybe to you know jot a, a couple journal notes. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think most cases people can, um, it just depends on how they are. I know some people like to go back. Like I find it, if I read the the reading, you know, sometimes the reading is a little flowery. I've got some poetry in there and stuff. And you might go, I'm not sure what that means. And then John explains it. And okay, I see that now. Then I go back and reread the, uh, the entry. Now all of a sudden it makes maybe a little more sense. And then depend upon how long you wrestle with, with the question. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting because I suspect that, you know, this is one of those books that theoretically everybody's on the same page, right? So I think that there will be some opportunities to discuss, you know, what did you do today, <laughs> you know, on it. So I, I'm hoping that I hear those stories and that, um, you know, that I start kind of understanding how people really are using it. Uh, that'll be really cool. Oh, man. Well, again, from uh, a longtime fan and to see you write this kind of a book, um, one that fits into my personal lifestyle. And I think the lifestyles of so many of us who need daily habits to stay on track, uh, to find our, not just our entrepreneurial journey, but the why behind it. I want to personally thank you for writing a book that I've needed for some time. Um, I, I know just enough now to be dangerous as an author to know what you've gone through <laughs> to write it. So, uh, thank you so much for your contribution, um, what's the best place? Well, of course, this is available for everybody out there. I'm going to um, go straight at, I, I want you to get the hardback. I want you to get the hardcover book. Um, if anything that John has said has been inspirational or, or has piqued your curiosity, um, my recommendation is the hardback. Um, having the ability to take notes in there and having this just be the journal is infinitely easier than the audio and the um, and then having your own journal. Cause you, if you're anything like me, you put this in places, different places and, and just having this thing be your, your daily, uh, the, the place where you capture these thoughts. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of the hardback. Uh, and then yeah. it, what's the best place, uh, you know, everyone knows they can, where they can get books all, everywhere books are sold or presumably you have a, a website, right? For this book or is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want a page to find, you know, more things, you know, other interviews like this that we've kind of collected in one place, it's just selfreliententrepreneur.com. Um, I know that's a terribly long word to spell. <laughs> if you get close, I think Google will help you. Uh, but uh, you will find it, you know, there, obviously, as you said, the uh, wherever books are sold. I totally agree. This is an analog yeah. book <laughs> that, uh, that I think, you know, to have by your bedside or, or wherever, just as a reminder. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do, I kind of hinted at this idea. I do think that this is a, a book that, um, that people have encouraged me to create a community around. And yeah. so uh, we definitely, I'm definitely going to have a, at least a Facebook group and, um, and do something where, you know, people can, can maybe share or discuss or, or ask or even get more context. Um, one of the fun things for me in doing the research on this literature is sometimes I found a great stanza or something that fit right in with what I was talking about. And then I went and, and, and read the context of why that was written or what they were actually talking about. Um, and it was really kind of fun in, in some of the entries. I actually do a little bit of explaining of, you know, what this, what this, verse or this essay was actually about, uh, because I think that really helps, you know, kind of bring, you know, the history and the literature into this too. And that's, that's an element we haven't really talked about much, but it's been really fun to hear from some, some literary, literature and literary buffs, you know, who are kind of like, Hey, this is cool that you're bringing this, you know, to the mainstream. (laughs) And so that's been fun too. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and I said, it's one part inspiration, one part ass kick. It's like the inspiration part is Honestly, like sometimes I can use a little coddling first thing in the morning and like you've chosen these things. So like you've, you've chosen just amazing entries and wildly inspirational, thought provoking. So again, thank you so much for doing the work and, uh, and giving this to us again, get the hard copy. It's going to make your life that much better. Uh, and thanks again. And you know, other places they can find you on the internet, just, uh, so well, sure. Yeah, duct tape marketing, D U C T T A P E marketing dot com, and then I'm duct tape marketing on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and then just duct tape. (laughs) Amazing. John, thank you so much for being a guest. Congratulations on getting the book out there today. Uh, I will be championing it. I'm a huge fan, and uh, good luck in the rest of the launch. Well, thank you so much. And of course, uh, I'm enjoying the heck out of Creative Calling. Congrats to you. (laughs) Nice. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. All right, folks. um, Keep an eye out for the next episode. And until then, go get yourself a copy of The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur and follow John anywhere you can. Have a great day. We'll uh, we'll, we'll, We'll be in your ears, rather, again, hopefully tomorrow. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, Actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that, that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. 
I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn. So check that out. They're just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet. All right. Until again, uh, probably tomorrow. I hope I'll hear you. I'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and I'll look for your comments on the internets. Bye.